Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate you for that in advance. Now, the Braves missed out on the opportunity last night. The Falcons have to pressure Jacoby Percet. And last but not least, and for the culture team, Michael Jordan just doing GOAT things. That's just who he is. But first, we have to talk about the Braves lose last night. They lose three to two in extra innings. And I don't know about you, T, but I'm sitting here watching this, watching the game last night. I'm just like, the Braves are probably going to lose this game. But I think the big thing, my big takeaway, though, is that they missed out on the opportunity to – opportunity, excuse me – as they get ready to go up against the um, New York Mets on Friday night. And I think that the Braves should have known, should have known what was at hand, what was at stake right here and, 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 and push to try to get that extra run so they can get the win. Yeah. And for me, the big takeaway was thank God that it was Abbott elementary's season premiere so that I could smile. <laughs> I, saw this game bad. Right. <laughs> I saw that Braves game going sideways. So I was like, yeah, yes. let me just tap yep. in. Thank God I have two monitors to look at. Because I will be honest, I was getting frustrated because I was right. like, guys, so you, you literally score 16 runs across the first two games <sighs> and on. can only eke out two runs in the most critical game. You needed to sweep that game because you knew nine times out of 10, the Mets certainly were not going to win or lose, rather, two games in a row to the Marlins. Now, granted, they sure. ended up taking them to extras, but it was almost like literally just poetic justice in a bad way, right? Right. Yeah. Braves and, get and, to extras, lose by one. Mets get to extras, win by one. And <laughs> now they're back up one. So, yeah, you really have put a bit more pressure on yourselves because you're looking at the fact that you kind of now have to sweep the series against the Mets so that your fate is in your hands so that the Braves will control their own destiny. And also when you think about it, the Mets hold the tiebreaker. So right. that's another reason that no Braves, you can't just win the series two to one for your own sake. You're going to have to win it for three. Now, what I do like is this, they remain confident. Uh, Michael Harris, the second and other players talked about that last night. Like they understand the assignment. They're not going to put pressure on themselves, but I do think when you look at, that weekend series and you're looking at it mano a mano to me it's going to come down to not so much maybe even the at bats but maybe the final at bat right. and maybe the the bullpen to be honest with you because i think the pitching it may be you know it may be one in the same or you know one to one apples to apples but it's going to come down to something and the braves are going to have to pull this thing out big time weekend series sweep in order for them to make it happen and decide for themselves how they're going to get into the postseason. And you hope that those, the bats wake up, right? Because those are those that's going to be the key. Man, it, true enough, it's going to be about pitching. Yeah. <laughs> this series against the Mets is going to be much more about pitching than it is um, guys at the plate because mm -hmm. I think that, you know, the one thing that I'm really super concerned about is the fact that you have a guy like Charlie Morton mm -hmm. being in that third, in that third and potentially being a, whether or not you're going to decide who's going to win the series. If yeah. they split those first two, mm -hmm. you know, we know exactly who that is if it wasn't for Spencer Strider getting hurt. You know, right. I think he would have been in that in that third slot. Agreed. And I think that that was the plan for Brian Snicker 
to make sure that he gets one of those starting spots against um, mm -hmm. the New York Mets. Because what have we said all year when it comes to Charlie Moore? Yeah. Man, whew, we hope he's yeah. able to. Uncle Charlie is, is able to put yes. one together tonight. Yes, like, yes. You know what I mean? Every like that's been a say. Every time, every start, we're just like, oh man. Oh, I was watching the post game. I'm, <laughs> I'm just like watching the post game, and I'm sitting up here like, you know, the guy was talking about it. He was like, well, you know, hopefully Charlie Moore's able to put it together. I was like, we've been saying that all, all year, all, all season. season. We've been saying that, and for him to be in that potentially third and decisive game you know in this the biggest series of the season for both teams I'm that's safe to say um mm -hmm. I I'm just I'm just concerned and and yeah. then being that you're in a case where you have to you have to sweep in order to have an opportunity to have a tiebreaker at the end of the season right you just put yourself in a bad situation by mm -hmm. losing this game last night against the worst team in the national league mm -hmm. <laughs> the washington nationals like right. so it, it, it's just for me i, I got a little frustrated mm -hmm. watching that game last night uh yeah. and, and trying to kind of trying to take it all in because i started going down a rabbit hole i was like man this is gonna mean this this is gonna mean that <laughs> And I'm just like, man, Bray, see what y'all did to me? God, yeah. <laughs> but Same. let's move on. Let's move on to a, a team that makes us happy. The Atlanta yeah. Hawks. Uh, they had their open practice and, you know, all the fanfare. Everything was all good last night as the Atlanta Hawks, you know, were, you know, invited everybody out to State Farm Arena. I think I believe it was what, over almost 7,000 fans. Yes. So a, yeah. a lot of good, a lot of good, um, Look, look, good vibes going on out at State Farm Arena now, T. You know, I, as we, as the Hawks get ready to, you know, take go to Abu Dhabi and take on the uh, Milwaukee Bucks mm -hmm. for a preseason game. What is a one? What what is one thing for you that you see that that you are looking to see? You know, as we head into camp and preseason. How's it looking for the Hawks now that there are two true ball handlers in the backcourt? Mm, that to yeah. me is going to be so critical just to see how they begin to gel. I had a conversation with Landry Fields, had an opportunity to meet him a couple of days ago. First time meeting him and I asked him and Coach Nate as well the same question. But I'll go, I'll go with Coach Nate first because I think you'll want to piggyback on what Landry had to say. So with Coach, I said, hey, Coach, there's so much buzz around the city about the Hawks. There's so much excitement in what's going on, but not just with the core team, but with the new member of the core team. I said, so what are your thoughts so far, what you've seen in DeJounte Murray? Can I tell you his whole face lit up? We, oh, yeah. we both started laughing. He's consistent like, oh, too. Gosh. He's consistent I, He is yes. so consistent. Like I saw him in, in, um, in the uh, presser for media yes. day. Yeah. When he was talking about DeJounte Murray, he literally smiled. Like I don't yeah. see Nate McMillan, I don't no. see Coach Nate smile yeah. that Other much. Other than when like, he me, because he was like, oh, you, how, how you going to come in late? <laughs> How you gonna call me out, coach? <laughs> but okay then. <laughs> Once we got the yes, yes, point, yes. <laughs> yes, he was like, um, and hey, people, I wasn't on CP time. It was Atlanta traffic. But you know, one thing that coach said is he loves the fact that he's got somebody who just is jumping in and just embracing the philosophy, like someone who's really buying into the philosophy and he's bringing players along with him. And then Landry Fields essentially reiterated that, right? So right. he said, what I like about him, and he said, you know, of course, taking nothing away from the skills on the court, but he was like, he is not afraid to speak up. So he said, I watched him at practice a couple of days ago and someone just missed by a hair, the, the play that was set. And DeJounte pretty much stopped everything and was like, okay, man, 
you know, we can't have that. Here's what should have happened. And the players, he said the players were very receptive. They That's took the feedback and kept yes. it moving. And he said, yes. that is what, if the fans can be patient with us, that's what it takes. And I said, yeah, uh, Landry, because Jarvis, at the end of the day, we should not be expecting them to come out on this 8-0 run and, oh, my God, you know, the Hawks are undefeated because they got DJM. They're 17-0. No, nah, that's not going to happen. But come late November, early December, I think we're all going to like the product. So just wanted to share that with you as far as what they're seeing is much the same as what we want to see, which is how will the gelling be around DeJounte Murray fitting him into that backcourt and really having two strong weapons to bring that ball up. Yeah, like I think you said something that made me start thinking about Eastern Conference Finals when somebody is willing to say something when somebody's not doing what they're supposed to do because that's what the Hawks have been missing because mm -hmm. nobody has that in them, right? Because I've always talked about how JC opens his mouth sometimes mm -hmm. and he doesn't need to. Instead, when it's time to open his mouth, he doesn't need to. He doesn't. So I think those, when that 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 little nugget right there you just told me, just to say, hey, give the Hawks some time, be patient, because yes. that end result is going to be much better than it was mm -hmm. last year. I can guarantee that based yeah. off of what you just said, just mm -hmm. right there. Now, T, whew, uh, the Atlanta Falcons are taking on the Cleveland Browns this weekend, and uh, they have to get to the quarterback. Uh, Jacobius Brissett is not Tom Brady, but he will slice you up. We don't get pressure. We'll talk about all that next. Before we do that, we have to talk about betonline.net. And when you think about what's going on this weekend, Georgia versus Missouri, you know, that big 45-point spread, and they didn't get it last yeah. night, last week against Kent State, but they're taking on Missouri. So if you're trying mm -hmm. to figure out which way you should go, you should go to betonline.net because it is it continues to be the top online source for all your sports wagering information for live in-game betting scores and podcasts they got you covered and if you're not into college football i don't know what's wrong with you or or you're not into the nfl the nba what's wrong with you um you maybe you're into esports golf combat sports they have all of that even hockey they got everything you need and of course the nba is right around the corner now what i need you to do is go to head head to Bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that's happening today because bet online is where the game starts. Yes. And some would say now that the Falcons have gotten that first dub out of the way, now the season has really started for them. And so they have their first true test. I, and for me, I call this the first true test because I felt like they hung with the Rams and we knew they were going to hang with the Saints and, of course, got the, the win with the Seahawks. But I feel like this is going to be one of the first tests and maybe more so than anything of the defense. So this morning, our guys, Hugh Douglas, of course, friend to the show, and John Fricky had defensive coordinator Dean Pease on their morning show. Take a listen to what Dean Pease had to say when he was asked the question about defense, but specifically about applying pressure. You know, you don't want to always have to pressure to try to get a sack, you know, because as soon as you pressure, you're putting a little more pressure on the back end because if we don't get there, there's going to be some holes or you're playing man coverage or whatever. You can't cover them forever. So you don't want to always do that. You want to be able to get uh, – we still like getting more pressure with just being able to rush forward. But, hey, it is what it is. Wow, T. 
Yeah, lot, lots of impact there, but right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were there was, and that was just the the abbreviated abbreviated version. Yes, <laughs> the morning show uh, on ninety two nine the game. But I thought what it made me think of was you could go all over the place with this, but based on what Dean P said and based on what you know about that Browns offense, what do you think is the number one key? Just the number one key to getting a win against the Browns? I think it's gonna have to be run fits. Because yeah. um, I got a chance to, you know, go back and look at some of the more some more of the film from the game against the Seahawks, uh, and I think there was some things just maybe where, and a lot of times with, when defense people like to throw the whole setting the edge thing out there. Oh, you got to set the edge, but a lot of times like you got it's a little bit more to it than that, right? Yeah. It's it's technique, it's mm-hmm. taking on the blocks the right way, or making sure I'm make I'm I'm squeezing my man down in the hole so. He doesn't be able to slip up to the next level because just in mm-hmm. case I don't make the tackle, yes. my my homeboy is gonna be right behind me, right there yeah. waiting to get him. And, and that's that wasn't that happened several times against the Seattle Seahawks. That's why you saw the Seahawks go off in the mm-hmm. run game initially, and the Falcons got to a bad start. If the Falcons start like they did last week, T. Mm-hmm. Um, chubby baby is gonna take over. <laughs> like, it's it's gonna be a long. It ain't gonna be no comeback. It is. It's not gonna be old. Oh, it's gonna be a boxing match or anything like that. It mm-hmm. is gonna get ugly because yeah. that's the biggest strength for the Cleveland Browns. Their mm-hmm. offensive line. They keep their running backs yeah. clean. I know yeah. that sounds weird <laughs> when you know you say you keep yeah. your quarterback clean. They keep right. their running backs clean. Mm-hmm. There's nobody in the backfield when their running back gets the ball. Most yeah. of the time, they don't get touched until it's the second level. You know what I mean? So that's the thing that the Falcons have to absolutely do is they have to be able to have their make get those getting their run fits and making sure they're playing with each other and not trying to play hero ball and make yeah. tackles. Yes. And also you made an excellent point about not just Nick Chubb, but they've got to get ready for Kareem Hunt because mm. the Browns have a one-two punch. Oh my goodness. So you yes. really have to be ready. And and same styles, but then again, different styles because you have, you know, bruising and then you have speed, but then you have speed and bruising. So it's kind of like uh you know what we used to call um thunder and lightning uh here yeah. for, for UGA is almost like thunder and lightning part two. So right. the the that's I think the other piece that the Falcons have to be prepared for because in a typical offense, your goal is right to get a team to third and long because yep. you're thinking if you can win the battle of down and distance, then you're gonna force them to throw the ball, and then that gives you an opportunity whether you want to blitz and get that quarterback uncomfortable, maybe pressure him to throw early. Or if you want to make sure that all the the, uh, cat, the pass catchers or the receivers are man covered, then you're good to go. Not here. Because mm-hmm. here, they might have third and five, third and six, third and seven, and they're like, just give the ball to Chubb. Just give the ball no. to Hunt. Yeah. And they can slice you up the same way as another team's quarterback to his receiver or quarterback to his tight end can slice you up. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think that the key to winning is to make, make sure that everybody, all 11, have understand their responsibility in contributing to stopping the run early. That's the point you made. I want to reiterate that early because once these guys go off and they start wearing you down, think about this, Jarvis. Cool stat. The Falcons allow the Seahawks' entire running back core, and their quarterback to get a total of 112 rushing yards against them last week. Want to know how much, how many yards Nick Chubb had on his own against my beloved Steelers? 113 yards. The dude all by himself yep. had more yards 
than the Falcons allowed a whole team to have last week. So that's really where it comes down. The other piece there is this. However, one thing we know for certain is that the Falcons offense is really, really starting to function on all cylinders. So right. when you look at the offense and we'll take more of a deep dive into the offense tomorrow as well. But Indeed. just I it, just for that high level eye test, what would you say maybe one small thing that they might want to course correct so that they can get off to an early start against the Browns? I, I think if just from a standpoint, play a clean football game. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Don't put the ball on the ground. Don't turn the ball over. How can how about that? You know, yeah. I think if the Falcons can play their first clean game, mm-hmm. I think they're going to set themselves up beautifully for to, to be able to get a victory against the Cleveland Browns. Because as much as I just said about the offensive line and, and how they, you know, they can get into a rhythm running the football and mm-hmm. then you get it to a point where they're doing play action and yes. the quarter, Jacoby Brissett is sitting back there having all day to throw the football because Dean P said, hey, I don't want to send too many pressures. I'm going to put mm-hmm. back in my defense in too much trouble. Right. But I think that from offensively, you can help with that, right? Like yeah. if you're able to run the football, control the clock, and their best defensive player is not going to be on the field. Right. You know, those are some of the things that you have to take advantage of. And I, and I believe wholeheartedly you can do that by playing clean, not putting the ball on the ground and not throwing the ball to the other team. That the Falcons will set themselves up for easy, not easy. That's that's too that was, that was a little bit too far. But they'll set themselves up really nicely if they don't if they play a clean football game. Yeah. And everyone from the veterans on down on that O-line, please, no pre-snap penalties, because that's another definition of playing a clean game. Is just, and I mean veterans as well as those, <laughs> all y'all. Just all sure, y'all. All y'all. Because everybody, that, everybody. that also was something, just a few, you know, don't want to nitpick because it certainly has gotten better than it was last year. But mm-hmm. you can just keep away from pre-snap penalties that get you into a situation where maybe you could have had second and five or third and three, but now you're at first and 15, that does really make it a challenge to continue to move the chains. Now, speaking of moving things, when Michael Jordan makes a move, he absolutely makes things happen. And we're going to talk about that and for the culture, but I will tell you something that I really could have used to make me move this morning was coffee AM. And I, you know, I come in every day and I'm like, one of these days I'm going to tell you guys, I actually drank the coffee versus the tea, but here's the, the deal. We were talking about it this morning on the morning show at my other, other job. And other job. everybody was just dragging this morning. I don't know why we were all just super, super tired. So I asked one of my colleagues a question because he always has this energy drink. And I'm like, what's in that? Is that healthy? Is that fresh? Is it safe? And he's like, not healthy, not fresh, probably not safe either. I would venture <laughs> to say coffee AM is probably the polar opposite of that, right? right. Because there is, there it is, a fresh product. There it is, a local product. And there it is, a product where they take pride in going all around the world to get the best ingredients for you so that when you're drinking, you feel like, wow, they just made this is Bat, this small batch roast company, they just made this, especially for me. That's how you should feel as opposed to going down the energy drink aisle and you know what happens. You crash and burn later on in the day. So if you want to get the goods, go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on. And if it's your first order with the company, which I hope for most of you, it's not because we've been telling you guys about it for a while now. But if it is, then you will get 15% off that first order by using the locked on code. So again, check out coffeeam.com backslash locked on for your 15% off. And if you just so happen to not like coffee, 
the green tea is good. Now that's safe and that's good for your energy and you can gift it to somebody as well. Coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Now T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. And sometimes we want to talk about because that's, that's how we get down on this for show. Day today is no different because, like as you mentioned earlier, Michael Jordan is uh, doing goat things out of here. And um, because, as you all know, nearly or may not know, nearly fifty percent of high school seniors have said that they wish they learned personal finance in school. Thankfully. MJ, the GOAT, like I mentioned, is going to make that happen. And according to news release, 498,000 primarily black and Hispanic students who attend 639 high schools across the country will have access to a personal finance course for a one-time grant of next, um, next gen personal finance from Michael Jordan and the Jordan brand. So how about that, T? Mike is going to get everybody some game on how to handle your finances because we know once you get to an adult it might be too late you're gonna go through some things until you figure that bad boy out yeah and if you can have that mitigated wow that's amazing to me because it's not something that many of us had really exposure to i can recall sometimes in high several times in high school like every year it was okay you're moving into geometry algebra calculus and you're wondering and how will this help me in my day-to-day -day life again? But when right. I, I know I asked for, because I finished by like 10th grade and I was like, hey, I've already finished all my math courses. So can I like take this business finance course just to kind of learn a little bit more? And they were like, well, no, that's not kind of the honors track. Well, you know what? It should have been because yeah. that to me is one of the flaws of education that we're not teaching practical skill sets. To me, right. it doesn't matter if you're in, you know, just the, base classroom or if you're in the gifted and talented classroom or if you're in the shop classroom for you know trade mm -hmm. all of them need to be taught finances because yes what happens is you start to learn it's like you said you are literally like it's an uphill battle it's an uphill climb because mm -hmm. you're trying to figure it out on the back end so excited that he's giving these kids the opportunity to figure this thing out on the front end because you can be so much further ahead in life if you understand finance even at its basic level and you know what to be honest which i and i and it, the one thing that kind of opened my eyes are probably i'll say probably about six or seven years ago like right before i uh met my wife um today it's the first time i ever mentioned her name on the show yes uh so yeah don't do anything crazy with that i might have to do something crazy um but t the first thing i that kind of really opened my eyes to like finance and interest rates and all that stuff because like i said i didn't get that when i was younger you know right. i didn't get that com i didn't have those conversations because my parents weren't the best with money either mm -hmm. you know what i mean to, to, be, yeah. to be totally honest so mm -hmm. um i was there was this truck that i had purchased when i was in my early 20s it was mm -hmm. a chevrolet trailblade 2003 chevrolet trailblade my first real car my first car note right so <laughs> i'm up here trying to figure out what the payoff amount is i'm trying to get a thing paid off and see what's going on so i was able to get access to the, the the original contract and i started going looking up and down the contract i was like and i got to the apr i was just like why did my parents let me buy a truck that had a 26 percent interest rate t a 26 percent interest rate like it like 
it took me forever yes. to pay off yeah. that truck. I literally yeah. bought that truck in my early 20s and I met my wife, started dating my wife when I was in my late 20s. So do the math on that. That's a very long time. Like I almost double paid for that car, you know, in the six, seven years. I'm just like, oh my God, like what is going on? So, and I really, when I, when I saw that it was, yeah, I just probably went just as crazy as I just did just now. But when you think about learning on the back end, like I learned that on the back end, like, how do you not look at a, when you look at a contract before mm -hmm. you sign and say, What's up with this interest rate? Like, yes. what's the deal? Like, what is that? I didn't even know. I didn't even think right. to sign, you know, mm -hmm. even think about what that interest rate was because it makes a difference. Like, yes. I double, triple pay for that truck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I go out and get a, a car now. I'm looking at an interest rate. Like, mm -hmm. oh, we can give you a 6%. No, uh-uh. Right. I got good credit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to leave, <laughs> you know, right. uh, or I'm going to go get my, I'm, I'm going to come to the, to the, uh, to the dealership, dealership with a check from the bank because I already got, I already know what I, I know what I'm dealing with. Right. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in, I'm in a position of power from a negotiation yeah. standpoint about yeah. price. So all of those things I had to learn oh, on the back end. So yeah. shout out to Mike for just, man, I'm telling you, you're going to put these, put these, these kids are going to be so far ahead in life yes. because you're talking about 50% of adults. Right. Wish they had that, you know, at that age, you know, mm -hmm. saying? when you're learning and, 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 yeah. and grasping things and retaining a lot of information, mm -hmm. you know, to to uh, to to go forward in life. Yeah. So, yeah. Shout out to Mike, like doing real goat stuff. T. Mm -hmm. um, there is, you know, we have to do we have to mention this. In the, and we you know, we talked about this before. But I think that, you know, if we didn't mention the fact that Coolio, a uh, rapper, uh, passed away um last night and um mm -hmm. i was remember just scrolling through my twitter time i'm like man coolio passed good lord you know mm -hmm. obviously it had the big hit gangsters paradise and mm -hmm. it was a movie that was it was a part of the soundtrack of and and it was just really really just took off so i think it's uh yo rest in peace to uh coolio too yeah rest in peace indeed and although he was 59 you just don't feel like that was too soon Right, you really, exactly. really feel like it was too soon. So it also made us think about the jewels and the gems that we still have here in the hip hop universe. And thank God, because on this show, we love Jesus, but we like Jeezy too. So yes. happy birthday, <laughs> Jeezy. Yes, we do. See, you said, you said yourself just now, let me see what I can say to throw this show off the rails. <laughs> officially off yes very off so off. but i can't take credit for that that no no my girlfriend rashad ali coined that phrase so i cannot take credit for it but i thought i would use it in a sentence one day and here we are so happy 45th birthday to jeezy he is the snowman is one of my favorites oh my god anytime oh my i'm god. on campbellton road Oh my goodness. And you guys say, <laughs> but that's what I think of. I go to the gym over at Greenbrier from yeah. time to time. And so I've got to hit, you know, Campbellton. And I'm like, I just think about Jeezy all the time. There's so many gyms. I mean, what's your favorite Jeezy? I mean, oh my God. Like, like, so I'm glad you asked. So I remember when I was in college. Uh -huh. You see how where I'm going with this. I right. remember when I was in college and, you know, we're in Atlanta. You know, I went to school down in Albany State. You know, mm -hmm. shout out Albany State, Golden Rams. Uh, yeah, yeah, we get down. Um, and and I, he had just dropped the mixtape, so mm -hmm. we were, and it was in the summertime. So okay, 
I was reporting for his training camp, and me and my boys, you know, we from Atlanta, so we we up on the new music, right? So mm -hmm. we going around campus, we we yeah. bumping the G's. They were like, man, who is that? Like, <laughs> I was like, what do you mean, who is that? Like, this is Jeezy, like you know, the snowman. They were like, oh, like where y'all get that joint from? So of course, you know, might have made a little extra money, you know, dubbing it over a little bit, you know. But that's hey, that's in the past. You know, yeah, Jeezy would appreciate that. that <laughs> yeah, he would appreciate sure. that. So, um, but yeah, like. Like that entire mixtape is still my favorite. Yeah. Like yeah. anything after that, I was just like, eh. I that that first mixtape he dropped. Oh my goodness. Last time I was checking was the man of these streets. Oh man, man, I was yeah. like, blowing yeah. these beats. That yeah. diarrhea flow. I still oh never mind. And then you're gonna do all that to you. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Shout happy birthday to love Jeezy. Him. Yes, love yes. him, love him. Yes. I, I really, really do. And, and speaking of I do, that's my favorite Jeezy song. I do follow by put on. So it's like a one A and a one B. Yeah, and we'll probably go down the hip hop rabbit hole as soon as this show ends, just so you yes. all know. Yes, Lord. Because Another rapper recently, so Jeezy, of course, turned 45 yesterday, so we're wishing him a belated happy birthday. Also want to wish a belated happy birthday to Toji. He turned 40. Lil Wayne turned 40. Lil Gremlin. Tuesday. So, Lil Gremlin, happy birthday. Course, yes, we had to say shout out to him, too. So I got to ask that question as well before we wrap up as we're getting out of here. What is your favorite it could be a Lil Wayne song. It could be a collabo because Lord knows he's collabed on 50,000 songs. So, Oh, my gosh. Wow. Like, Lil Wayne has been done so much. Like, I think it probably have to be the early days. I know, like, he I magically gradu graduated into a lyricist, you know, at some point after, uh, after the hot boy era and all that stuff. Right. But, like, uh, I'm a hot boy. Like, anything, like... There was so there was just it was just something about that Lil Wayne that I was just mm -hmm. like, man, I really like. I guess because he was my age, like Wayne yeah. and I are the exact same age, so I think uh -huh. that I identified with him more when he he was with you know Cash Money and right. the whole Hot Boy era. So yeah, I think it yeah. just it have to be you know that that era of of music. You oh know, no question, for, because, for Lil Wayne. Right, because when you think about like some of the songs, where don't get me wrong. We love the lyricism of Back That Thing Up by Juvenile. <laughs> yes. But really what you like, what makes you come out of your corporate self is that part when, when Lil Wayne is talking about after you back it up and that. You know drop, what it makes you do. Like so, right. <laughs> so, thank you, Tucci, for bringing that into the American. Tanisha said Tucci on this show makes it a great podcast. Y'all better listen to this doggone show. What's wrong with y'all? Give y'all this good stuff. Thank you so much for bringing that into the, le the American lexicon. We yes. appreciate you. So tomorrow, when we get it back on the rails, we will be previewing Braves and Mets. We're going to preview Falcons, Browns, and anything else that comes up in the city that we put on for from a sports perspective, we will bring it to you guys. So thanks so much for dropping by. Thanks for stopping on our YouTube page as well. 4,000 subscribers and growing for this Locked On Sports Atlanta Network. And we will see you tomorrow. Y'all come back now, you hear?